Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Wow, give someone a high five. Let's take our seats. Get ready for the Word of God. Wow. Well, we had a great morning this morning for our launch Sunday, and God's stirring us with great faith and vision for this year, and it's so good to see you tonight. We're going to share a shorter message, and then we're going to move the front rows, and we're going to have uh, half a dozen people here with little anointing oil bottles. We're going to offer to pray for anyone who would like prayer. And, and when we do, I want you to come with just faith in your heart, saying, Lord, this is not Pastor Peter praying for me. This is the Holy Spirit just empowering. And we're just a, the oil is just a point of contact of faith because the Bible says he uses different things like communion or anointing oil or the Bible. They're points of contact of faith, but they're, they're not special in themselves. They're just a point of contact of faith. And tonight the Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit comes. The Bible says he's like a wind. He's like rain. He's like a river. He's like a fire. Friday morning in our breakthrough prayer, I pulled out the guitar and I started singing a song I haven't sung for years. There's a wind blowing all across the land. Fragrant breeze of heaven. As soon as I start singing that song, my heart just comes on fire for God. Because I learned that song in Toronto in the middle of a revival where one guy with a guitar, David Roos, who wrote the song, stood up and thousands just erupted in praise. And for the next two hours, the wind of the Spirit just swept over that place. And next minute, you felt like you were in a river of life. And every time I sing that song, my spirit just... You know, the Bible says, write a new song. I do new songs every time I sing songs because I just make up the words that I've forgotten. <laughs> oh, God is good. Okay, Psalm 23, 5 and 6. Just want to share a few verses that will stir your faith, prepare us to receive and respond to the Holy Spirit tonight. Psalm 23, 5 and 6 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's much better in the presence of my friends, but when there's enemies around, God says, I prepare a table. You anoint my head with oil. And what's the result? My cup overflows. When the anointing of God comes on you, there's an overflow in your life. There's an overflow of life, of strength, of hope, of vision. All sorts of things start to happen when the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. That's why I love to worship because I just get connected to that flow of the anointing. It says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Passion Translation says... You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. What a beautiful picture that is. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. What a beautiful verse that is, hey. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. That's what it means to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Some say, well, what's the anointing? What, what's it supposed to do? It's supposed to draw you into his presence and fill your spirit and soul and being so much so that it's an overflow that anyone gets near you knows that there's something pouring out of your soul. There's a presence of God that overflows your heart and your life. And I believe that God wants to refresh that. 
You say, well, why do we need to be anointed afresh? Well, I don't know about you, but I, I leak sometimes. Things just d- drain out of me. You're full of love by Wednesday. You've run out of grace and love. You need an up top up, hey? You know, it's like your car. You've got to every now and then top up your fuel tank and top up your oil. Otherwise, you break down or you run out of fuel. And our souls are a bit like, we need a top up. We need fresh anointing. We need a fresh encounter regularly in our lives. Otherwise, you're running on empty or just about empty. It's a terrible feeling when, when the uh, fuel gauge is broken and you don't know how much fuel you got. You think, are we going to make it to the next town? And then you feel you, you, you're sure you feel the, ch- the, the car chug. You think, oh no, we're just about out. And you're praying like crazy and you get to the next town and then the petrol station's closed. And then you pray some more. <laughs> Thank God that the petrol station's never closed of his presence. There's always an open door for us when we're running on empty. The Spirit of God's saying, come and drink again. Come and be filled up so much till you overflow. I'm amazed so many of us, we come into God's presence, either personally or corporately like this, and we feel His presence touch us. We have a little drink and then we go off thinking, well, that was awesome. But you're only a quarter full. And we wonder why we're before the end of the week. God says, come and drink of me until you overflow. And I'll tell you, you'll live an overflowing life. We, we feel his presence and that means he's drawing us in. That's not the end. That's the beginning of loving him, pressing into him so that we live in overflow, not an empty. Psalm 21 verse 3 is a scripture God's given me for our church for this year. Rich blessings overflow with every encounter with you, and you placed a royal crown of gold upon his head. Wow. You anoint my head with oil. He's put a crown of gold on your head. Wow. God, you just fill us. Overflow. John 7, 37 is one of my... It says, then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds. Now, you've got to remember... We get up and speak loudly, but in those days, a a teacher or a rabbi, they sat down to teach and everyone gathered around and sat around them. So when Jesus stood up and started shouting out, it got everyone's attention. They wow, this is not the way a rabbi or a master should be teaching. But he was so filled with the Spirit of God, he just couldn't sit down quietly. He got up and started shouting out, and it says... All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the Scripture says. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them Because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. Wow, wow. The full splendor. This splendor included the splendor of the cross. The splendor of his resurrection. And the glory of his ascension into heaven. Just as water poured out of the rock that was struck by Moses... So from the wounded side of Jesus, living water pulled out to heal, to save and to bring life to everyone who believes. The Holy Spirit poured out of Christ and into his church on the day of Pentecost and has never stopped flowing since. Jesus stood on the steps of the temple or the tabernacle 
And it's the same place in reality is Ezekiel 47 when the prophet said, the living water from heaven, the river, flowed out from the temple, under the doorway, down the steps and out into the world. It was the same place that Jesus stood that was prophesied and seen in the vision in Ezekiel 47. And that river that flowed in the in there, remember the one it talks about if you go into your ankles and then you go up to your knees and then you go up to your waist, the next minute you're swimming in the river. That's the place where Jesus was prophetically speaking of because he said, I've come to fulfill that prophecy all those centuries earlier. And the amazing thing is when the further the river ran from the temple, the deeper it got. Whereas if I put the hose on and I'm watering my garden, it starts to trickle down and get to the end of the dry garden bed, it gets less the further it goes because it all soaks in. But with God, he does it the opposite. The more you start flowing in the presence of God, the, the river gets deeper and it increases. You don't run out, it gets deeper. How awesome is our God? So we've got, to, we've got to sometimes turn our thinking around. Think, if I give what I've got, I'm going to run out. No, with God, it works the other way. If you share what you have, he keeps giving you more and it will get deeper and increase. We've got to start spiritually thinking instead of naturally thinking. Because if we live in the natural abilities, we'll always run out. You'll run out of grace. You'll run out of love. You'll run out of energy. You'll run out of vision and focus. But the Holy Spirit, when you stay connected with Him, there's an overflow. And the more you press in, the deeper it gets and more people get blessed in the way. That's the way the Spirit of God flows through us as a church. That's how He wants to flow through your life and mine. That river of living water. It says it will burst out from within you. Rivers, not just a trickle. We're watching some of the news up north. Some of those rivers, they're not trickling right now. They are just going crazy. Your spiritual life doesn't have to be a trickle and stagnant. The other thing about rivers, the more they flow, they clean all the debris out. They get rid of the, the rocks and the, the trees and the, the sludge and the, all the stuff that builds up when the river's not running. I trust your spirit's not stale, but it's alive and fresh. The more you let it flow, the cleaner it gets, and the more enticing and exciting it is to come. Three quick things about the anointing. Number one, the anointing is within us. The anointing is the manifest presence. Born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you. 1 John 2.20 in the Amplified says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, especially gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds and guards us from error. So when you're born again, there's an anointing or a believer's anointing within all of us. That's why people say, why are you different? You're not swearing and cursing like they are on the work site. They know there's something different about you. You're honest and integrous. You show forgiveness and grace where other people are just trying to get even. That's the anointing within is showing something different. His grace is within you. There's an anointing of life. When everyone's discouraged and down, you think, well, hold on. If God says he's with us, why can't we believe? All of a sudden, there's an anointing that turns it from destruction to restoration and hope. You start believing in people that others have given up on. There's an anointing within us that changes us. 1 John 2.27 says, 
As for you, the anointing, the special gift, the preparation which you receive from him remains permanently in you. It remains in you. Someone will say, I don't feel anointed anymore. Hey, if you know Jesus, he is the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ means anointed one. So if he's living in you by his spirit, you are anointed. He's living within you, the Christ, the anointed one. That's why the the Bible says the devil is the antichrist because he hates the anointing. He hates the presence of God. That's why he tries to keep you away from worship and from prayer and from pressing into God because the devil hates the anointing of the Holy Spirit because it reminds him of his defeat on Calvary. And that's why we need to be so on fire for God that the devil's scared of us. You say, really? I've just read Reinhard Bonnke's book. He tried to be taken out so many times, but he would walk fearlessly in and he said, no devil's going to touch what's in his because he's going to get his fingers burnt. And we've got to realize that Christ within us is more powerful than any scheme of darkness. We're going to live in the overflow. But you've got to realize it's when you're aware that Christ is within us, the anointed one. If you're born again, he's within you. You've got to know that and live in the power of it and the way you live will change. Number two, there's an anointing that comes upon us. There's anointing within us by the Spirit of God. Then there is an anointing that comes upon us for particular tasks or ministries or focus. There's an anointing that comes upon people to be the best parents. There's an anointing that comes upon you so that you're the best work person in your workplace. There's an anointing that comes upon you to help you to fulfill a ministry task. We've got some great musicians and singers, but let me tell you, when you surrender your gift to God, about three levels higher. I've met people who are okay singers, and when they get filled with the Spirit, and a year later you hear them singing, they think, what happened to you? It's like there's just a flow, and it just pours out of their soul. You might have a gift in helping create or make things or work with kids. If you surrender that gift to God, it will be multiplied, and there will be a flow, and people say, how do you do that? So I'm not sure, but it's just because God's with me. He will take what you have from the natural and he'll turn it into something that's supernatural because that's what happens when you're connected to the supernatural power. 2449 says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay on the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. There are times where the anointing of God just comes upon you. He's within you. And he does come upon you. There have been times I've stepped up to minister in different places and it's like something just clothes me as I walk up the steps. And I know it's the Holy Spirit's clothing me for that task. I remember the last time I was in India, we were preaching. I was preaching on open heaven. And as I walked up on stage and I looked out before I preached, I saw, I saw in the Spirit a cloud, like a mist cloud over the crowd. And every now and then as I'm preaching, I saw like raindrops in the Spirit dropping out. And wherever they whoever they touched immediately got touched or healed or set free. I thought, Lord, why is it not like that every week? I could see, like he opened my eyes to see in the Spirit what was happening while I was preaching. I thought, God, you are so awesome. And the Spirit of God wants to take you from natural things into supernatural things. And it's not just for the pastors or leaders, for anyone who follows Christ because his anointing lives within you and he wants to anoint you upon you, but you've got to step out in faith for it to happen. You've got to be willing to respond to the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.5 says, For John baptized with water, but not many days from now you will be baptized with, placed in, introduced into the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 is the well-known verse we know. 
but you shall receive power. That's the word for dunamis, which is dynamite. And when people say, well, I'm filled with the Spirit, I say, well, I'm not seeing much dynamite around your life. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, there's going to be some power in your soul. Doesn't mean you have to be noisy like me. I'm an extrovert. But there's something of quiet strength in you. There's a courage and a confidence no matter what's happening in you or around you. There is some power in your life. And in the Amplified, it says that word power also means, where is it? It's here somewhere. Here it is. It says that you will have ability, efficiency, and might. So when you look at the root word of that meaning power or dunamis, it also means it'll have, you will have ability, efficiency, and might. So you can become more efficient in what you do in your relationships, in your work. It's helping you get rid of the rubbish and the garbage. He's helping you deal with the distractions. You can be focused and get things done twice as quick. You end up doing things better because the Holy Spirit's empowered you to do it. How awesome is that? I wouldn't like to live without this power in my life. I'm not that naturally gifted, but when I learned to respond to the Holy Spirit, I got filled with the Holy Spirit in an Easter camp at the Best Shen campsite, which was on the property just behind here in 1975, a few years ago. That's 44 years ago. That's hard to believe. Okay. I must have been very young. But I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was a shy young guy, been saved four months before, but what I'm a Christian home, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, within weeks, something started to totally shift in my life. Every time I spoke in tongues, I was reminded that the Spirit of God dwelt within me. And the power of God, within, within months, I was just free of a whole lot of fear of man and limitations and end up praying for people and end up in leadership and ministry. And I think, God, only your Spirit could have done that in me. And God will take you from the natural to the supernatural. He will use the natural, surrender it, and see what... It says the Holy Spirit will come upon you, be on witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. So we've got the anointing that comes within. We've got the anointing that comes upon. And the third one is the corporate anointing. When we get together, it says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And that's the capital I and the capital A-M, which is I am the great God, says I'm in your midst. If we really understood that every time we got together for our life groups or prayer groups or church, we would really live with a whole new expectancy because God says, I'm here waiting for you when you get here. And you bring your anointing within and we put that together and it gets multiplied. That's why I can't wait to get to church and I can't wait to get together in, in prayer or in a life group or fellowship because it's a few of you coming together and the anointing just multiplies upon the unity and the blessing. How powerful is that? Acts 4.29 says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. These guys have just been thrown in prison for healing a man. And now they come out, they get released. God supernaturally releases them. Now they go and pray with the believers. They said, Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed... The place where they were meeting was shaken. They were so hungry for God and there was such a life of God within them that they weren't going to be put off by persecution or rejection or disappointment or setbacks. They pressed into God. And it says after they prayed, the Holy Spirit couldn't resist this. It says, I'm coming to stir these guys up so the whole building starts to shake. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. 
Now, they'd already got filled with the Spirit weeks before when they spoke in tongues. This means to me there was now a separate, powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit that now empowered them to go and preach boldly. And they started to head all over the world. Two more scriptures and we'll wrap it up. If you want to be led by the Spirit, you need to hear His voice. You need to know how, to, how, do, how are you led by the Holy Spirit. I just get this knowing in my spirit. Or I get a flow of spontaneous thoughts that are too clever for me to work out. You know? Some, sometimes I see a vision or a picture. And I, because I've surrendered my creativity, I've surrendered my mind to God, and He will then speak to me and through me. It will always line up with the Word of God. Sometimes people say, oh, God spoke to me, and it's weird and wild and crazy, and it doesn't like with the Word of God. I said, that's not the Spirit of God. It was too much pizza last night. That's, that's, not, that's not God. But when you're young and learning, sometimes you're just, I'm not sure. Go and talk to a spiritual leader saying, this is what I'm feeling God's saying. What do you think? It will be confirmed by others, and the fruit of it will be there. It will always be full of love and truth, not self-promoting. It's all about Jesus. It's not about how spiritual you are. It's other. 2 Corinthians 3.17, we sang this before. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the whole, he is Lord, there is freedom. I love this. Come on up, worship team. We can all draw close to him and the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I felt that tonight. God's going to set some of you free. You're going to walk out of this place, whether you feel anything physically. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit's at work, I physically feel something in my spirit or in my body. Other times I don't feel anything, but I just know His river's flowing. When I pray with people, I know something's happening whether I feel anything or not. There's been times I've prayed for people and my hands are on fire and my spirit's jumping up and inside. Other times I haven't felt a thing and I've prayed and they walk away transformed. So it's not about what you feel or don't feel physically. God will sometimes give you signs and wonders for His purposes. But you're not looking for a manifestation. You're looking for an encounter with the spirit that transforms you. It can be a river that touches other people. And if anything happens physically or emotionally to you, that's his sign to confirm that he's at work. But you don't live for that. That's a bonus. That's how I live. And I've learned it first. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. What do you need to be free from? When you come out tonight, why don't you leave it at the altar here? Why don't you leave it at the altar? One more scripture. Revelation 22, verse 1 and 2. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city and on either side of the river was the tree of life with its 12 kinds of ripe fruit according to each month of the year. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. This is a continuous flowing river flowing in heaven but Jesus brought that heaven to earth and the Holy Spirit says, I'm releasing that river through all of us today. How beautiful is that? Let's keep learning how to walk and respond in the Spirit. Don't strength, but flow in the Spirit. 
I've learned if you give him all you have, he will fill you with all his love and power. Connect and flow in the anointing. One more thought. I remember a man of God was teaching and he says, you've got to learn to know how you connect to the flow of the Holy Spirit. For me, it's worship, primarily. Or if God gives me a prophetic word and as I flow in that, it releases a river of authority and life. Some people, and it's just like you're in. Other people, if you're a musician, you start to play and worship and all of a sudden you're in. It's like you connect. It's like the, the on switch goes. Other people, it's when you're with family and friends, you just love awesome fellowship with friends that are believers, all of a sudden you just get connected. Other people, it's when you're serving and using your gift to someone that's broken in need and you walk out and say, wow, God's here. It's just flowing all over me. As you grow in the and that's powerful. Some people, it's when it's pray. They pray and in 30 seconds, they're just in the river. Whatever way it is, learn to flow in it. Let's stand in His presence. <clears throat> Before we pray for the anointing, <clears throat> He's already here. But John 7 says, if you want to receive the river of living water, it says you must believe in Jesus. So if you haven't started the journey with Jesus and trusting Him, it's very difficult for you to encounter the river of living water. We're just giving an altar call first and then we're going to shift some seats. Right now, just bow your heads for a moment. If you're in this place and you say, I don't know this amazing Jesus yet or I really want more of God in my life, this might seem like there's lots of blockages. Right now, why don't we just invite Jesus to come in and change us? Maybe someone's invited you tonight. You don't regularly come here. Maybe you've been here before. But right now, I want to ask, do you know this amazing Jesus? Have you asked Him to be your Lord and Savior? If you haven't done that or it's time to reconnect, I'd like to pray for you right now. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, please pray for me, Pastor Ross. I want to come to Jesus or come back to Him. Who's that tonight? God bless you. Who else tonight? And that's me. I need to come, get right with God or come back to Him. Who else quickly? The Spirit of God's just tugging at hearts right now. He can, he, can, he can feel your heart and pain, but He's calling you right now, right now, right now, right now. Who else quickly? God's calling you. We just want to make sure that you know this amazing Jesus. We want to make sure that you know His forgiveness and love. Maybe you've done this before, but it's time to reconnect. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.